Welcome to the Wellspring Church Podcast. We're an international church family who wants to see Jesus' love transform communities. This recording is a sermon from our Sunday service and will take you deeper into the Bible in a real and relevant way. Wonderful. Well, we are in our Love Like Jesus series, and this is the last one, at least, of this year. And uh, on our journey of loving like Jesus or learning to love like Jesus, we started off with the baptism of Jesus, which is really the commencement, the beginning of his earthly ministry. And uh, what we realized in our time in that passage is uh, to love like Jesus, we need to at least live like Jesus. And we realized that Jesus lived in the anointing of the Spirit. He also lived in the approval of his heavenly Father and he also lived in allegiance to uh, the, what's it, the authority of the word. And uh, that's something we're all invited into to love like Jesus, that we are all sons and daughters of God Most High when our faith is in Christ Jesus as well. Then last week, Magdi came and shared, although he spoke more from the word than he spoke of his own accord. He basically read all the red letter bits in the Bible, which is Jesus speaking, which is refreshing, right? And uh, prophetically, or you could say prayerfully, it felt like, um, it just felt like we were being washed in the good news of Jesus Christ, right? And so the good news of Jesus is the teaching of the kingdom of heaven being near And uh, Magdi went on to say how Jesus ushered in the kingdom of heaven. But Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. In fact, Jesus is the way, the only way to the truth, the only truth that is really truth. And that truth, Jesus' truth, is the only thing that will bring you life and life to the full. And it was so good to have that sort of refreshment of the gospel shared so openly uh, last week. And so today, to finish off the series, uh, we'll have a bit of a change of plan. Uh, we're now going to be looking at the calling of Jesus's disciples, particularly the fishermen. So that's Peter again, Simon Peter, Andrew, James, and John. But what does it mean to be called by Jesus? For Jesus to call out your name. Because it's an invitation. He calls out to each and every one of us, will you come and follow me? Will you respond to me? And uh, how many of you remember in school, some of you in school, uh, do you remember the register? Do you remember daily having to respond to a register and saying, yes, uh, yes, I'm here. And if it was a male teacher, you say, yes, sir. And if it's a female teacher, you say, yes, miss. And if you're trying to suck up, you say, good morning or good afternoon and try and, you know, make your way better in the class. But what does that mean to say yes in the register, to say yes, sir, or yes, miss? It, it means you're here. It means you're present. <laughs> but it also means you're there for what purpose? To learn, right? You go to school to learn. Now, some of you may go to school because you're told you have to go to school by your parents, but the reason you're there is to learn. And to learn from who? Because we can learn from whoever. We can learn from the caretaker. We can learn from the dinner people or lunch ladies, as I used to call them, but the dinner people. No, no, you're here to learn from your teacher. So you say, yes, sir, or yes, miss, because You're here to learn, not just from those around you, but from them uh, particularly. And so today I thought it would be good to look at us when Jesus calls us, when Jesus takes the register of life 
and he calls out your name, what does it mean for us to say, yes, sir? What does it mean for us to say, yes, Jesus? And uh, so if you'd like to uh, read along with me, I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 4, verses 17 to 22. And this is Jesus again calling his first disciples. Uh, it's followed, like, followed the sequence. He's just been baptized. He was tempted for 40 days and tested in the wilderness. He returns back home to Nazareth, but then from there, he goes to Galilee to begin his public ministry and to share. And that's why I picked it up from verse 17, because it says from verse 17, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. That was his message. Then, in Matthew's gospel at least, this is the very next thing that follows. In verse 18, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once... They left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Immediately they followed Jesus. How many of you know when you're uh, making your yes to people or yes to things, when you say yes to someone or something, it also means no to someone else or to something else, right? So even this week, um, not me being popular, my children, very popular, lots of parties going on, one of those. And so um, when we say yes to a party, unfortunately, a lot of the time we're saying no to another party, right? Maybe you've had a yes-no experience this week. You said yes to somebody, which means you couldn't meet with somebody else, right? Well, in the same way, when we say yes to Jesus, we have to realize, before we get into those positives that we love, yes to Jesus also means no to some things and to someone else, particularly you. Saying yes to Jesus means no to me, and particularly no to my way. So we say yes to Jesus because it's his way and not ours, right? So the first thing in saying yes, yes also means no. <laughs> no to my way. Jesus here in uh, verse 17 when he talks about the kingdom of God, notice the kingdom of God is all about Jesus's, well, it's God's rule and reign. So Jesus is sharing about a new way, God's way. And before he says that, he says, repent. And for me, a lot of the time when I hear the word repent or I need to repent, I think I just simply need to say sorry, right? Sorry that I've messed up. Sorry for my actions. Sorry for my thoughts. Sorry for my bad attitude and how that has gone on to hurt somebody. But the word repent doesn't just mean to say sorry. It means to turn. So if you think about it, it means to turn to God's way and to go God's way, which means turn away from your way, which if we're going to be honest, people, our way without Jesus leads to pain, suffering and destruction. 
But God's way, even though it's got its ups and downs, leads to the way, the truth, and the life. Leads to eternity and blessing. Now, I don't know about you. Maybe some will share this fondness in the room. Any of you like a good action flick? Right? Any hands up? Anyone thinking of their, can think of their favourite action film right now? With action films, it's all about the explosions, right? You know, you don't care about the plot. You just want to see a big fireball. You want to see something blow up. And uh, maybe, maybe it's a blowing up, it's a bomb, it's an explosion. You know, in any action film, if there's a helicopter, you know that's going down. You know, you stay the hell away from a helicopter because that's going to blow up. Or maybe there's a volcano in the background. You know, this is a disaster movie. You know, stay away from the volcano but you know the end scene is going to be by the volcano don't you you're like it's gonna blow and um, in these films a lot of the time what you'll find is uh, just before the explosion or during the explosion you know like the matrix bullet time there's all these like civilians or there's people panning looking at the explosion looking at what was going to be destroyed and then there's this moment where, like, there's the main character, or at least somebody with a sound mind, reasons and shouts. And it's like in slow motion, it's like, get out the way, move, run for your life. And then the explosion happens. And you see people, like, the camera pans into the explosion, but then you see the, the hero moving in the opposite direction and this just in case you're wondering and you're like well that's a cool flick I want to see that that's Avengers so uh, that's the first one of Avengers and I believe Captain America probably jumps out the fire and saves somebody but the whole point is the superhero or hero tells them to go a different way stop going that way you're gonna die run for your life run this way and in that same way Jesus is our deliverer Jesus is our hero saying, don't go that way. I'm calling you to go this way. Go this way with all your might, with all your strength, with all who you are, and I'll be with you. If you go this way, there's going to be pain down the road. There's going to be suffering down the road. There's going to be eventual destruction. Now, that's not to say it isn't easy. That's not to say there isn't pain from following Jesus. But guess what? You're with Jesus. You're following Jesus. This way, the way of yourself, leads to destruction. What it means, when we say yes to Jesus, it means no to, to our old ways. It means no to sin. It means no to doing life without him. But it means yes to following him. It's intense, I know, right? Because I'm talking about explosions here. But that, that is the reality of the situation. Repent be baptized, repent, follow Jesus, because without him, it ends in destruction. That's the truth. Flee from our, old, from our old lives. Flee from sin. Flee from the things that make us selfish and pursue Jesus. So we're going to move into the three positive points now of what it means to say yes to Jesus. And the first point is that we are saying yes to being shapeable. We're going to be shapeable and shapeable to Jesus. Verse 19, Jesus says, come, follow me. And then in your following of Jesus, I, this is what he says to the disciples, I will send you out to fish for people. Now, that is the 
NIV's version. And uh, I've been looking at these words, and they're, they're really helpful, and they mean different things. But the NIV says, I will send you, which is a really appropriate term, because you know the apostles, the disciples were, ended up being called the apostles. They were the sent ones. And to be sent by Jesus is to be sent in the authority of Jesus. Representatives of Jesus, to be sent with his authority to fish for people, to talk about the good news, to preach the good news. This is what it means. Now, some of you may have the New Living Translation. What does it say there? It says, I will show you how to fish for people. Show you is brilliant as well. Because show you means that Jesus is going to be your teacher. This is what Jesus was saying. I'm going to be your teacher. I'm going to show you. I'm going to model to you how to share the good news and to fish for people. You will follow my example. That is incredible, that we get to have Jesus as our teacher. But then, if you go into the original Greek, or if you have like a real literal translation, then the word here is poieso, poieso. And rather than simply saying send or show, poieso means make. I will make you fishers of men. And that the amazing thing about the word make, at least for me, is it means we are, these fishermen were, and we are a product of Jesus' hands. Think about that for a moment. We are shaped by Jesus. And it's his promise, I will make, I will shape you, and not just shape you because he loves you, but I will shape you, according to my plan for your life, that you would be fishers of men, Amen. fishers of people, so that you would become useful in my kingdom, that I could use you for a purpose. But how great is that to be made, to be made and shaped by Jesus? Do you know how personal that is, that he chose to shape us? He chose, here we go, Peter, he chose Andrew, he chose James, he chose John. Now, what's interesting about this, back in the day of their time, maybe even now, but the tradition was with rabbis and students, it would be the student who chooses the rabbi. The student would go around Israel or whatever and be like, oh, I like that rabbi's teaching, or I don't like that rabbi's teaching, and they'd pick and choose, oh, that one's a bit difficult, that's a hard word to swallow, and they would choose who they would pledge allegiance to or be their rabbi. But not in this case. Jesus is setting up something new here. Jesus chose his disciples. He called them and he chose them. And just as he called and chose them, today his call is still here. And his call is to us. His call is to you. You didn't seek him first, he sought out you. How personal Jesus is. And maybe Jesus didn't walk down the shore of Watford and pick you out as whatever you were doing. But the Holy Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit's ministry that leads us, because of the kindness of God, leads us to repentance. So the very reason you would choose God or be here today is like even Shania said during worship, because he chose you. He called you. And he wants to make you and remake you and shape you according to his will. It's incredible, isn't it? According to his will. Just notice the sequence of things. Jesus has just been baptized. And at his baptism, remember, he got the approval of the father. This is my son 
who I am well pleased with. I take delight in him. Now, Jesus, following this event, he goes out and he chooses, he calls his disciples. So he belongs to the Father and the disciples belong to Jesus. And today, Jesus calls us his disciples. We get the chance to respond to him and belong to Jesus. And not just belong to him in name, but belong to him in life. That he would shape us, that he would mold us. And here's the hard part, that he would break us. But then he would restore us. If you look in uh, Jeremiah chapter 18, I'm going to read a bit more from verse 3 to 6. This will hopefully help you understand that this shaping. So I went down to the potter's house, this is Jeremiah, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. That means damaged. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. That word is for us today. It's for you personally, but it's actually for us as a church family. You know, and um, I know just from my own life, my personal walk, and I know from people in this room, your lives haven't been easy, right? And there's, there's dissatisfaction, there's disappointment. And you've even journeyed some of that with God and been like, God, I thought I'd be here in life, but I'm not here in life. Or I thought I would achieve this by now. I thought my family situation or my friendship situation would be different. I thought my career would be different. I think I should have arrived here, but I'm not there. And we're upset. But I just want to encourage you, just like with Jeremiah, where is the clay? The clay is in the father's hands, in the potter's hands. So yeah, you may not be happy with life or where it's taken you, how you've been in some of the experiences you've been through. Nobody should ever be through them. But can I encourage you, you're in the Father's hands. And even though you feel broken, or you're not the shape you want to be or ought to be, it says the potter will reshape you. And he will remake you. And what's really important, in the reshaping and remaking of you, he will make you a pot that's beautiful, a person that is Christ-like, according to his joy, goodwill, and purpose. You know, all this time, well, all this time, in my life, I've always been like about me, what my life should look like for my pleasure. Do you know how freeing it is to live a life that's pleasing unto the Father and trusting him? Like, just think about that from a discipleship thing, that Jesus will make you his disciple. Doesn't that just take the pressure off being a good Christian? Come on, church, it is exhausting being a good Christian. I'm trying to do it, and I'm messing up. (laughs) I can't do it. But the love of Jesus, Jesus is making me his disciple. Jesus is building his church. Jesus is the one who's actually advancing his kingdom. It takes the pressure off you and stops it being so about you, and it makes it about him. It's about his delight. And what's great is when it's about his delight, sooner or later down the road, you enjoy... 
the delight and the pleasure of God. That's why we come together to worship him, right? No matter our situation or circumstance, we give praise unto God for his delight. Not so that we feel better, but just, it just so happens when we worship God, isn't it, Shania? You took us to a place, I was, just the joy of the Lord starts filling you. This is what can happen when we're shapeable. Allow God to shape you. Allow your response. Yes to Jesus means yes to him shaping you. And what you get is purpose beyond yourself. That you get to be ministers for Jesus, representatives of Jesus, witnesses of his death and resurrection and ascension. That he is Lord of heaven and earth. It's a yes to being shapeable from us. Point two, what does it mean? What does saying yes mean? Saying yes means I'm interruptible. Not distractible, interruptible, and I'll share more about this. Verse 18 and verse 21, if we come back to that in Matthew. When we look at the fishermen, what are they doing when Jesus speaks to them? What are they doing? It says Peter and Andrew are casting their net. They're, they're, they're literally fishing. They're doing their livelihood. They're doing their work. In their working day, they're fishing. What does it say about James and John? They're preparing. They're cleaning. They're not in the act of doing things, but they're making plans to do something. They're preparing. They're washing. They're cleaning their nets. What are they not doing, church? They are not praying. Oh. And Jesus spoke to them. They're not at church. They're not at synagogue. They're not with... You know, discussing the scriptures. And yet Jesus speaks to them in the midst of their day. Now, God speaks to us in our times of gathering together. God may speak to you, I don't know, first thing in the morning when you pray. Maybe last thing at night when you pray. Maybe when you've got a little prayer group and things like that. And he does. But look here, Jesus speaks when people are out and about. Just doing their business, doing their daily work. Jesus calls to us. He's calling to us right now, but he will call you. He will speak to you when you're, when you're doing other things. The question is, your yes to him means, will you be interruptible? Can you hear, can you receive what has been spoken? During those good works, during those plans, Jesus speaks and seeks us out. And I want to encourage you, sometimes um, when God is speaking to us, um, it's not easy to register, but after a while, <laughs> maybe after a few times, Jesus, who knows how many times Jesus went down the beach and was like, guys, but this time they responded immediately, straight away. And I want to encourage us, when we're about, let's just be sensitive to how God would call us through his Holy Spirit. And um, I'll give you an example of this. Many of you know I had a sabbatical. It feels like so long ago. But I had a sabbatical, and I had great plans for it. And I did most of those plans. But one of the things I did on one of the days is I drove quite far away from Watford because I had an agenda. Me and God, we, we had to chat. We needed a big chat about church, about the life of the church, where we're going. And um, I remember we did, and I, I felt it was really good, and we went for this walk. And then um, around lunchtime, so like half the day left, I just felt like God had said um, what, what we needed to talk about was over. And then my grandma came into my head in my mind, which it isn't weird, but like I was like, okay, I can't stop thinking, Jesus, we've got to talk about church. We've got, we've got big business ahead. 
And I just felt like grandma was being repeated in my head. And I was like, oh no, is she dying? You know, like a terrible of me, right? Oh, because grandma's in my head, she must be dying. And, but I was like, Jesus, I can meet grandma later on in the sabbatical. Got loads of days off, you know. So let's, let's just plan that for next week. But I just felt the sense of being interrupted. No, this is, this is what I want to do with you, David. Remember, it's not about my pleasure. It's about his. And so I, I left where I was, drove all the way back to Watford and hung out with my grandma. And it was great. And she's still alive today, by the way. <laughs> That's the important part. But notice this. Like, it had to be, like, death suddenly. I was like, something major has to happen for me to, to go. But Jesus simply wanted me to go and meet my grandma. And I had a great time with her. She had a great time. And I know God had a great time. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, sorry if you haven't got your grandma anymore, but I'm just thinking relationally. It, it's not even if you have a great time or not. It's about pleasing the Father. When you please the Father, there is joy inside. Saying yes to Jesus means I'm interruptible. Saying yes to Jesus means I'm sensitive to him in my comings and goings. And even when maybe I'm at school, maybe I'm dropping the kids off, or maybe I'm at work, maybe I'm doing the shopping, God could speak. He loves you. He'll seek you out. And it may be that this has just reminded you, oh, maybe that thing I thought, I've thought of or picked up a few times, maybe that's actually Jesus. Let's just take that moment to respond. Finally, saying yes. To Jesus, what does that mean? It means yes to being rearrangeable. And that one can be the tough one. Verse 20 and verse 22. What does it say Simon and Peter left behind? They had plans with the day. They were actually fishing, but they left their nets behind and followed Jesus. What does James and John do? They leave not just their net, they leave their boat and they left their father Zebedee. Now, before you get on your high horse about, you know, family and say, well, you can't leave your father. Right. In the whole grand scheme of scripture and the character of God, of course, God cares about family. God really actually cares about your responsibility and your role in family. Notice how much we're, we're told to care for the widows among us. Right. But in terms of following Jesus, nothing should compare. Nothing should get in the way of following Jesus. And it's so interesting that the disciples, it doesn't really say in the context other than immediately or at once they left. But there seems to be an urgency to follow Jesus. Remember I told you about the, the action film, the explosion. There's an urgency to turn the other direction and run. There's an urgency to respond to Jesus. I don't want to get into a theology of, uh, well, what happens if I don't, and have I missed it and messed up? Jesus continues to call. Jesus continues to call and reach out to you in your name. And he says your name. But, but every opportunity is an opportunity worth taking hold of first time or in the immediacy to respond to him. Uh, last Monday uh, was my first staff team meeting as a senior minister. And so I thought, well, I better share a little devotional of some sort. And uh, whilst Magdy was preaching last week, and he shared a lot from Scripture, the one that really bounced out to me was simply that Jesus called his disciples, would make his disciples. And I, so I just simply brought, oh, God grabbed my attention, so I thought I'd bring that in the devotional. And as I was sharing the devotional, I was saying, look, we've got to be able to rearrange. 
We've got to be able to reorganize our lives on Jesus's plans and purpose. And as I was saying this, I was saying this about our lives and our family. And then I said, and even Sunday. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. No, Sunday's planned. Sunday's set up. We're in this series. And it's a good series, Jesus. And we're going to end the series with the suffering of Jesus. And I've got a great message about you, Jesus, suffering and dying on the cross. You'll want to hear it. It's great. But, but I felt Jesus was interrupting me. As I'm sharing with the team, I'm like, oh, I, I, think, I think God's asking me to share something different. And again, in my thoughts, I'm like, well, we can do the Love Like Jesus series next year as well. Continuation. Jesus, love your idea. We'll do it next year. We can. I'm the senior minister. I can do that, right? But no, there was something in it that... Jesus was calling me into something for this. And I don't want to get all so super spiritual. I just want to say I'm being obedient here. So since Monday, I <laughs> started preparing a different message. And um, yeah, I just realized it's important not only to be interruptible, but to actually act on the interruption, to be able to let go of your plans, even though they're good plans, you know. I joked with Steph earlier on. Steph is our comms leader, communication leader, and helps us plan all our operations. And I was like, what about Christmas? <laughs> well, if God changes Christmas, how dare he change Christmas? It's about him, I know. But we put plans in from, like, when? From July. I wasn't even here. They were making plans about Christmas in July. No, we've got to be open to the spirit, to the call of Jesus. Be rearrangeable. Be re reorganized by him. Because it will bring him pleasure. And it may cause us a bit of stress when we first hear it. Oh, seriously, you want me to drop my net behind? Oh, you, you want me to relate with a, different, with a family member a bit different to how I've been doing things? Yeah, go for it. You can trust Jesus. You can trust him. So what does it mean to say yes to Jesus? To answer the register of Jesus with a yes, sir? Well, it means no to me in my way. And it means yes to being shapeable. It means yes to being interruptible. It means yes to be rearrangeable. I hope you've realized in just this week how much I've done to put this together, <laughs> to make it memorable for you. <laughs> it's more for me. <laughs> That's what it means to say yes, sir, to Jesus. Jesus is really good. Now, here's the thing. We may think about results or what happens or... Um, you know, the outcomes of things. And I want to encourage you with this. I'm on my journey with this as well. We always care about fruitfulness and productivity and, and what's best for us. And, and those things are good. But with God, I know he calls us to be fruitful, but with God, what he's looking for in each and every one of our lives as a response to the call he says to you is your faithfulness. Let him make you. Let him be responsible for the fruit. Because, isn't it? The fruit of the Spirit is the fruit. It isn't something you make. It's the fruit. It's the response of a life following Jesus. So I'm going to ask the band to come up. And um, we're going to respond in song. And uh, like I said, Jesus may not be walking down in bodily form in Watford today by the pond, calling you to stop what you're doing and follow him. But the Holy Spirit is present among us right now. The Holy Spirit is here. And the Holy Spirit loves to speak to you. Remember, the Holy Spirit is obsessed with building 
the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, to help Jesus' way. And he wants to do that in your life and through your life. So I'm simply going to pray that the Holy Spirit would come afresh and lead and guide us. And then uh, Shania and the band will lead us in song. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word to us this morning. I thank you for your love and your heart for us. And I particularly thank you that you are calling us, that Jesus calls out to us every day. And so, Father, right now, we just welcome the Holy Spirit to minister into our hearts, to help us, Lord God, help us to consider, to remind ourselves, or just to have the attention, Lord God, to know what you are saying. And I pray, Father, not to jump ahead in this response, but I do pray, Father, right now, your Holy Spirit would just give courage and wisdom and boldness to respond to you as you will have us respond. Make us the people you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by what you've heard. If you'd like to know more about Jesus, Wellspring Church, or how you can grow with others in faith, connect with us by clicking the link in the episode description or by joining us on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. in person and online.